I'm here with Dell Lisk today, Vice President Safety Services of Lytics. Dell, thanks for joining us today. My pleasure, Doug. Uh, I'm listening the other day to my morning news, which of course is Dave Nemo, and I hear the report about the state of data report that Lytics put out. Uh, maybe start off in terms of what is the value Lytics sees to taking the time and putting that out to the trucking public? Yeah, so we have this incredible treasure trove of data. Um, currently, I think we have about 170 million miles, billion, sorry, 170 billion miles wow. of, of driving analyzed through captured video. So we want to share that with, with, you know, with folks, with fleets and, and individuals so that they can have a better understanding of where risk is. And probably most important, so they can share that with their drivers, so their drivers have a, a better understanding of what they what risks they might be facing each day as they head out on the road. In terms of the data we're going to talk about today, Dell is, and I know Lytics provides services to from municipal vehicles to private fleets to uh, car fleet. Is this trucking specific data that we're looking at today? So it is trucking specific. However, I think to a large degree, I mean. You know, the various uh, modes of transportation you mentioned, cars and buses, et cetera. Most of them are traveling on the same roads and highways. So I think to a large degree, um, it's it's useful for all, perhaps with one exception of municipal operations that are traveling only inner city, whereas trucks are doing a lot of roads and highways. Super. Hey, um, you, you, there, there's a, uh, in terms of the mileage and the statistics, you got a slide up there, Dell. What what is behind, or what are the numbers in terms of what you're looking at to come up with these uh, determinations, this riskiest data? Yeah. So what we have here, Doug, is we have, as it says, there are over six hundred thousand, actually closer to seven hundred thousand vehicles with our technology, pretty much each day operating on the roads, continually collecting video that's being constantly analyzed. So. Uh, as I mentioned here, 140 billion plus, I think it's actually closer to 170 billion miles uh, that's being analyzed wow. um, in total. So you can imagine the size of that database. And it's, and, and it's collecting 50 billion different um, objects are, are being observed and identified daily through machine vision and artificial intelligence. And then um, out of that 600,000 plus vehicles, um, at this point, it's approaching half. So about 280,000 of them do have the machine vision and artificial intelligence capability on them, which really is taking to a much uh, much larger uh, analysis of the data than, than our previous you know, human review could possibly do. Is part of that uh, a new operation or new service that Lytics has in terms of the AI and the extent that it goes nowadays? Yeah, and I, I, I wouldn't necessarily call it a new service, although there's right. different levels of service. It's really a new feature. And, and so put it this way very simply, um, and our, you know, we've been, we were the first ones in putting video on the cab of the truck. And for a large part of our 20 years, we'd capture video on an exception basis, um, put eyeball, eyeballs on it and, and kind of analyze it. Um, very effective, but you can't possibly look at, you know, you're missing things because you can't possibly look at everything that's going on. With machine vision and artificial intelligence, there's the ability to constantly um, analyze and evaluate and, and make decisions about what it's captured. Now, in terms of the look at the data, uh, I think one of the first things you did is looked at it on a uh, uh, nationwide basis. Yes. In terms of where the incidents were nationally and, turn, and also in terms of the states. What did you find on that? Yeah. So um, 
You're right. That's, that's exactly right. And um, so what we found in terms of looking at it at the states is that, um, and probably no surprise here, um, the top five riskiest states, and this, by this we simply mean the states that out of the 10 million plus events that had risk in them that we analyzed, uh, these were the states that had, had the highest accumulation of, of that risk. So California was number one, uh, Washington number two, Texas was number three, and then number four was Oregon, and then finally number five was Georgia. In Dow, in terms of classification of riskiness, what, what what are we talking about there? Yeah, great question. So here's what we mean by riskiness. Um, each event that's each video clip that's captured, whether it's reviewed with machine vision, artificial intelligence, or some sort of human review, if something risky was identified. So say for example, a driver is um, on a cell phone, or if a driver is following too closely, those sorts of things. Each risky behavior that's identified has a predetermined point value. So with each one of these events, if there was something identified that was risky, it receives a point value. Um, those points are aggregated for whatever area we're looking at to determine which was the riskiest area. In, in, in terms of not just geography, but uh, let, let's say the when, uh, the occurrence of these, what did uh, Lytics find in terms of the, the riskiest times or least riskiest times for the operations. Yeah, so here's, here's what we found. So um, the day that had the day of the week that had the most collisions was Tuesday. Um, and perhaps that's probably when you have sometimes some people take a Monday off and you know right. guys like you get to take you know can take a lot of three days weekends perhaps. Right? <laughs> Thanks, Tom. But uh, but by Tuesday pretty much everyone's back at work no matter what. So um, Tuesday was the day with the most collisions. And specifically, it, it tended to be in the morning hours, which we broadly called between 5 a.m. and noon, uh, which no doubt there's probably more vehicles on the road at that time. So Tuesdays in the morning was the riskiest time in terms of collisions. And conversely, um, I mean, of course, in the trucking business, it's a 24-7 operation. But overall, probably more people have Sunday off than any other day. And so perhaps not a surprise, but the day of the week with the fewest collisions and therefore the, the lowest amount of risk was Sunday. Now, I also believe you were able to at Lytics analyze and look at the trends in terms of the increase and just as importantly, the decrease in risky behavior over your prior study. What, what did you find in there, Dell? Yeah. So, so what we did find is in terms of the areas that were the behaviors that were most improved. So the, the biggest improvement was over late response. And, and that is simply um, an instances where a driver should have seen something earlier and started, started to respond earlier. Uh, when they don't, we call it a late response. Um, that was the biggest improvement uh, with a 77% drop in, in that behavior. Next um, was following distance, which we know how essential that is for larger vehicles with a drop of 51%. Another one, and this um, really goes back to the technology, but the instances of running a red light were reduced by um, almost 40%. And, and by similarly, um, unlaced unsafe lane change had a 38% reduction. And then also uh, uh, drowsy driving had a, a, a 29% drop. So those are the ones that had the greatest improvement that we saw. How about, I think there were some other changes as well you were able to recognize in the data. Yeah. Um, so this is kind of on the flip side. 
the areas that um, here's some areas where trucking was was uh, improving. One was, and this is more trucking specific, but for many of our clients, you know, for many of them, uh, the truck is their home, right? And uh, they don't really necessarily think about it. But there's stuff lying all over the place. But any moment, if that truck has a sudden stop or abrupt change in speed, something loose in the cab can be a missile that could harm someone. So um, one area that uh, clients often ask us to kind of monitor is there's loose objects in the cab. There was a big improvement in that area uh, comparative to other industries. Um, also, in terms of distractions by electronic devices, um, there's you know, various, uh, various types of devices. Those we saw they had 59% less of those than other industries. And then also, I think this one's really important because trucking can be kind of a thankless job. So you just, you know, the average consumer doesn't think about how the stuff gets, so they just they take right. advantage of having it. Um, we also saw that in the trucking industry, um, the businesses were more likely to recognize drivers for good behavior in the video clips com- compared to other industries. They took more advantage of that opportunity. Fantastic. Yeah, we've, we've been the, uh, the, the lifeblood of America during the pandemic here, so it's been... It's been very important. Yeah, you know, and it's on kind of a, a soapbox here, but and I think that um, the one maybe a good thing about the pandemic, right, along with not having as much traffic, um, is is that people are finally finally starting to recognize these essential services that are taken for granted in normal times. Exactly. Now we looked at the good stuff, Dell. How about uh, wh- wh- where does the improvement need with regard to the behavior, or where where was it starting to slack the other way? Yeah. So. Um, Here's areas that were so the so the ones that were uh, most common out there. Uh, falling distance is still the most common uh, behavior. As I mentioned, is actually our clients we are, we're seeing improvement in it, but it's still an area of focus. Um, and then three others, and it's really two other areas that were um, very common, uh, but actually still increasing and still need a lot of attention. One is posted speed violations, and, and you know it's interesting, Doug, because this parallels what law enforcement is saying about the overall driving altogether. Less traffic out there, it, there's more opportunity to go faster. And, and it's showing up in our trucking fleets too. The other, I'll, I'll really kind of put the two together, fail to stop at a stop sign, an incomplete stop. Those are just rolling through at, at different speeds through a stop sign. But but also we find that a lot of uh, truck drivers, and certainly this is probably more for the local delivery stuff, but they tend to, treat that red stop sign as a yellow yield sign. You know, yeah. It's a slow and go. Yeah. A suggestion. Yeah, ex- exactly. A suggestion. Yeah. yeah. Well, Dell, we've talked about the, the when we've talked about the, what uh, we, we, we've uh, put this long enough. How about the, where, what, what did Linux find to be the five riskiest road segments in America? Yeah, and this might be a little bit of a surprise because um, you might think oh, it should be the inner city, New York City, or you know something like you know, downtown LA or something. So number one was I seventy eight in Pennsylvania um, uh, near Allentown, Pennsylvania was number one. Number two was in Virginia on I seventy seven near Lambsburg, Virginia, and number three, uh, surprisingly, was on I forty in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Number four is North Carolina, um, in Durham, North Carolina, off of I-85. And then finally, number five was, again, the I-78, but in New Jersey, near Lebanon, New Jersey. And 
Dell, those are areas in which we have those risky events that you talked about at the beginning. Yeah. And so with this, essentially what we did is we took a look at, um, we divided the country into one square mile sections and then looked to see which sections had the highest accumulation of those points I described. And so these were the top five. Fantastic. Now, now we're looking at one mile segments of roads. How about the riskiest city, Dell? Yep. Um, so with that one, and, and uh, for those that operate up in, in through that area, they would, you know, any truck driver that's rolled through the greater Chicago area, I think is, would readily acknowledge this. So Chicago was by a significant amount the riskiest, uh, with Dallas, Texas being number two. Now, Dell, in terms of the data that is part of this report, what, what is the takeaway that you see for the individual trucking companies with regard to the information they're provided here? Yeah, I think a couple things, Doug. Um, well, I mean, you can go a lot of different directions. So I think on the very kind of the high level, you know, clearly we're just presenting tip of the iceberg information. And there's the ability to drill down a whole lot deeper, more granular to get better, uh, better understanding. So on one end, I think it's more and kind of a call to action for, for fleets, if they aren't already, to really take advantage of the various technologies that they have, that they have on board that are collecting video. Uh, put it together in a in a um, useful form that is actionable by by them, and then and then do something about it. So, just as a couple ideas, one certainly is. I mean, you look at this map here. Uh, per, perhaps by looking at this map, uh, um, a trucking company could make decisions about well, which route, which direction do we send our drivers? Um, what's the best time to send them? What is the best day to send them out going that route? Do we have some flexibility? Uh, but even deeper than that. Uh, things like if we've identified certain risky behaviors, yeah, I, I mentioned um, earlier, I think it was what posted speed and right. those stop sign issues. Well, does our training have an emphasis that reflects that? Um, do our policies, do we have policies that are in place and enforced that, that really support our efforts to change those behaviors? So it can really take you a lot of directions. It is, I think, help you to think deeper about how you can run your business better. One of the big things, I've done focus groups, and I find that one of the biggest issues with juries, potential juries coming up now, is companies' data management, how they receive it, curate it, and what they do with it. You know, from one of probably the biggest transportation data companies in the world, what are your thoughts on that in terms of a way for companies to do that effectively? Yeah. So, and I, in all honesty, I think for some of them, they're thinking about it the wrong way. They're, they're, they're kind of looking too far down the pipeline. We've got it. What do we do with it? And you certainly need that. That's certainly an important question, but you know, I, I look at any transportation company and there's, there's just reams of data flowing in. There's, I mean, there's no way in the world they can handle all this stuff. Right. So I really think that they need to sit down internally and say, how much data can we manage? What, what specifically, what data do we need to get and in what form? And, and then, you know, who's going to manage it? Once they decide that plan, I think the next thing they need to do is circle back to their vendor and essentially sit down with their vendor and say, look, it, this is what we need and we can manage. This is what we don't need and can't manage. Send us what we need, what we can manage. Because I think otherwise, you, you know, much better than I, yeah. that data sitting in there that's never, that's no one's taken action on. Unfortunately, it can be a negative in litigation. Absolutely. So I would, I would lean, I would go back to the vendor and really look for a lot of help from them mm-hmm. on answering that question. 
Dell, thank you so much. My pleasure. Take care. Have a great one. Thank you.